Hey everybody, and welcome to College Athletes Experience. My name's Ashley, and I'm your host. Today we have a former cross-country and track and field athlete who went to the University of Nebraska at Lincoln, also called UNL. As a freshman, she ran in all four regular season cross-country meets. She ran at the Big Ten Championships and was an alternate on the NC2A Regionals team, which she earned her varsity letter. During indoor track, she ran in four regular season meets and three regular season meets during the outdoor season. And as a sophomore, she only ran in one cross-country race and then was injured for the rest of her season before hanging up her shoes for good. So please welcome Ashley! So today I'm actually going to be talking about my college athletic experience. So I went to high school in Southern California where I was on the cross country and track and field teams. I earned varsity letters all four years in both sports and I also have a varsity letter when I played soccer my freshman year. I didn't think about competing in college until my junior year and that was mainly because my dad told me it was a possibility that I could actually run cross country and track in college before was not a thought in my brain. So from there, I filled out recruitment questionnaires that I received in the mail, didn't give it too much hope, mainly because the college coaches couldn't really talk to you, so I didn't really think of too much about it. Actually, wasn't until July 2013, so the summer before my junior year, where college coaches could start talking to you. You would have to check out nc28.org and check out their current recruiting guidelines because I believe COVID might have changed it a little bit. But just from my experience, the D1 coaches couldn't talk to you until your the summer, like before your junior year. And so at that time, I believe I emailed about 3,000 coaches and I maybe heard back from 350 of them, so maybe like a little over 10%. And it may seem discouraging, but in actuality, it was very overwhelming because it was across all divisions, D1, D2, and D3. And the reason why I emailed D2 and D3 universities is because I wanted to keep my options open, but at the same time, I didn't really give much thought to them. And so I kind of ignored them because they weren't D1, despite a lot of them offering full rides or ways to find money to where I could go to their schools. Like for example, I was slightly interested into UCSD, University of California at San Diego, but at the same time, I wasn't because it, it was D2. At the time, me being 17, yeah, I made a lot of dumb decisions, but at the same time, it brought me to where I'm at today. So going into my junior year, that August, so you have like a month talking to coaches via email or on the phone, and going into junior year that August, you can start going on official visits. And I believe for my sport, for cross country, you had five official visits. Recruitment is different if you're football, basketball, and I believe like softball and baseball also have different rules. So again, check nc2a.org's eligibility rules and recruitment rules. And I went on four or five D1 official visits. I went to LSU, UCLA, Auburn, and UNL. 
But if you're wondering what an official visit is, an official visit is an expense paid trip, their athletic program, and them trying to recruit you and entice you and show you why you should go and compete on their teams. It's a way for them to wow you and really persuade you. And then sometimes at the end of the official visit, they'll sit you down in like their office or take you out somewhere nice and kind of talk about money and what you want. Obviously, you want a full ride and what they can offer, but that's really what the official visit is. But I did my official visit to UNL in February of 2015. It was during indoor season and they were hosting a meet, so I got to see their indoor track. I got to see how they were against competition. So after my official visits, Nebraska was the last official visit I went to. So really when I was at Nebraska, I was able to compare it to the other schools I went to. And I believe the first official visit I went to was LSU. And I remember going and I was like, wow, this place is huge. And I got to visit the different academic departments. Um, LSU didn't have forensic science program, which at the time I was very interested into, but they did have chemistry. And so I went to the chemistry department's head and actually spoke with the head of the chemistry department. And she was very nice. I remember that much. And then from there, I believe I went to UCLA and UCLA, obviously, it's in Los Angeles. It was, like, close to home, so really, we just drove there, and then I was there for the weekend. It was raining the entire, I remember it was raining the entire time I was there, and so didn't really get to explore that much, and I don't believe I went to an athletic event. If I did, I don't remember it, and then the coach offered books, and for me to want to go to UCLA and be that close to home, I wanted more than books. So I kind of crossed them off the list. And their facilities didn't compare to when I was at LSU. At least that's how I like saw it. And then I went to Auburn. And I was offered a preferred walk-on spot. And that just means we're not giving you money. But if you come here, we have a spot for you on our team. But you could possibly work towards becoming a scholarship. So that kind of, in a way, deterred me from going to Auburn, especially because it's in Alabama and how much it costs. And the funny thing is, I was also looking at Alabama and that coach offered me books. But again, for the amount of out-of-state tuition to only receiving books, it wasn't adding up for me. So by the time I went to UNL, I was offered books and then I also had academic money. So that really helped, helped me. Now I won't ask other athletes if they have a scholarship and if they do what type. I'll talk about mine and kind of that process of how it was for, for cross country and track. And then when it comes to scholarships, D1 and D2 are similar on how they hand them out. If you go to a D3 school or an Ivy League school, they're different because they don't have athletic scholarships. They only have academic scholarships and academic aid. So that's kind of one of the huge differences between D1, D2, and D3 in Ivy League, despite Ivy League being D1. Grades do help with academic money, and that's how it helps me with Nebraska. But kind of going into scholarships... Some sports can only offer full rides. 
meaning if you get a scholarship on their sports team, everything's paid for, or you are a walk-on. And so the coach doesn't have a say of whether or not they can break it up. But unlike cross-country, the coach can break it up, and that allows the coach to get even more athletes and hand out money when they can. So coaches can choose to pay for tuition, and then that means your tuition's paid for, which is a huge expense, but you're paying for your books and room and board. They can just pay for your room and board, but you're paying for your books and tuition, or they can just pay for books. Being able to break up these scholarships, it gives bigger room to negotiate. So I think that also can help, and it also helps entice like bigger recruits. It does help with negotiating, especially like myself, I was later in the game. And so since coaches are trying to fill their team and you're later in the game, like I want books, then you can be like, well, can you give books plus some? So like books and other academic expenses that you might incur. So that can help, but it doesn't always go that way. So (laughs) you have to, you have to know where you already stand. So for cross country and track, a lot of coaches kind of have a breakdown of what times, distances, throws they're looking at that will qualify for a full ride compared to what's partial. And they don't tell you what partial is because nine times out of 10, it could just be books, could be room and board, but not the full thing. And then they have preferred walk-on. So for a lot of schools, I hit the preferred walk-on easy peasy, but didn't necessarily hit partial. So I was in like an in-betweener. So when I was late in the game, I was able to say like, you can look at my times. I've always been improving, even though I'm on obviously preferred walk-on, but not there on partial. Give me partial. I'll come. I can really work for it and show you that I am worth it, that I am worth giving that book scholarship to. So that's what kind of helped me. And believe it or not, less than 2% of all athletes between D1 and D2 have an athletic scholarship of some kind. And that money makes up almost $3 billion. So it's kind of mind-blowing if you're able to make it to that stage and talk about athletic scholarships. So not something you take lightly. It's a huge deal, whether it's in my boat where it is a book scholarship or in other people's boats where it's up to a full ride. So having money athletically anyway really does help. They always say you're a student first, then athlete, because it's student athlete, not athlete student. And they're 100% correct because that's what helps other students if they're in my boat where they only had books or you have nothing because academic money really does help. And in my case, it made it possible for me to go to Nebraska. So again, I had a book scholarship. So what that meant is I went to the bookstore, I got my books, I was able to grab it, not worry about if I had the money to pay for it. And then it was on the athletics dime since that was my scholarship. There's people who have their room and board paid for. And if you have room and board paid for, you're not stuck to the dorms. You just have to work it out with the athletic department and they're like financial services. You tell them how much your rent is, tell them how much utility is, and then boom, room and board covered. But I had, I had books. I'm not going to ask other athletes what they have, what they don't have. But majority, during my recruitment, majority offered books. UCLA offered books. Bama offered books. 
but academic money really helped me, especially because I was between the walk-on, like my times were faster than walk-on, but not quite there for a partial. So that's how um, a lot of coaches kind of helped make it up. But looking back, I really was lucky enough to even get books at a huge D1. But do not shy away from smaller schools because had I gone there, I probably could have been their number one, their number two. So smaller schools can definitely be helpful. But when it actually came to comparing UNL to other schools, UNL blew them out of the water. So I signed my national letter of intent, my NLI, with UNL, and I became a Cornhusker. And then since cross country is a fall sport and it's distance, you're really full-time athlete, don't have a huge break. I want to say I maybe had two weeks breaks between cross country season and then indoor season and outdoor season. So it is quite a lot on your body and there's so many different resources out there to help you. So balancing traveling for cross country, I was gone every other weekend, and I was really able to communicate with my teachers and say, look, I'm an athlete, this is my sport, here's the days that we're traveling. So if there's any like tests, we have to either schedule it before everyone else takes it, or schedule it after I come back. There's some teachers who even have kind of more stricter rules where you have to take it like that day. You can talk to your coach, say, I have this test. I have to take it during this time. And they actually get a proctor and then you're in a room with the proctor that they have the test the whole time so you can't see it. And they really accommodate you taking it. So there are times to where you might have to take it on the road. But if you really do talk to your teachers and keep them in the loop of what's happening, they're a lot more accommodating. But also with academics, obviously there are subjects that are hard. For me, organic chemistry, but there are tutors available if you are struggling. But then also, if you are struggling mentally, UNL did have either, I think there were therapists, psychologists, not entirely sure, but there was people that you could talk to. And I was fortunate to have my teammates to recognize that I had internal battles and weren't afraid to sit me down and be like, we can see something's wrong. Here's a person you can talk to, but it really is important to talk to someone. So I was very fortunate for my teammates. Um, Probably wouldn't be here today without them. So I'm always thankful for them and for my experiences. And then again fell into a very deep spiral. At that time, it was now December or November, December 2016. And then I realized like, I'm no longer mentally here. And I was very checked out. I was checked out from school. I was checked out from athletics. It came to a point where I barely left my room if I even left my room. And then that's when I knew it was time to transfer and probably hang up my athletic career. But I would not change my experiences for the world. I was able to compete in the Big Ten Championships. My freshman year, I was an alternate on the NC2A regional team. And I was inducted into the N Club in February 2016 and got my letter. So it's a huge deal. So it's not like I was chum (laughs) when I went there, but things did kind of take a turn, but 
very fortunate and thankful for everyone that I've met along the way and for my experiences. And I ended up transferring to Northern Arizona and then spring 2017 and then graduated spring 2019. And I stopped running altogether, but I was always in like immersed in athletics in some way. After graduating from NAU, I was fortunate enough to be hired as a head cross country and track coach at a high school in Southern California. I coached both the boys and girls varsity teams to CIF Southern Section prelims, and I helped the girls defend their varsity league title. I was fortunate enough to help a lot of athletes PR and kind of enjoy themselves with the sport because it's not easy at all. And then when COVID hit, that's when I started applying to law schools. And so that's where I am today. I'm in law school at Santa Clara and I'm actually halfway done. I should get my Juris Doctorate spring 2023. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And I do this kind of on the side. But if you're a high schooler in a sport of any kind, I highly encourage you to check out nc2a.org. Look into recruiting. There's like a recruitment guide. I strongly recommend to read it. Register with the NC2A Eligibility Center because you do need to be registered and make sure you're taking the correct courses so you can go compete in college or at least have that option. And do not worry about the division, whether it's D1, D2, or D3. Being able to compete in college is a huge accomplishment. And if you are fortunate enough to get an athletic scholarship of any kind, that is also a huge accomplishment. And don't knock down whether it's a book scholarship or more. Don't be worried about that. If you have, like, say, a book scholarship, there's always ways to where you can work up to get even more athletic aid. Or if you're a walk-on, you're always striving for that scholarship. And if you are doing well enough, coaches do see it. You also might not be first string or number one on your high school team. You can always be number one in college. You just have to look for the right program, look for the right fit, and it will all work out. But when it comes to my overall college athletic experience, there's nothing I would change for the world. I met amazing people. I still talk to my first ever roommate that I ever had. Um, She was a thrower on the team. Uh, (laughs) She'll actually be in an episode later. If it wasn't for my athletic experience, I never would have been able to compete in the Big Ten Championships. I wouldn't have been inducted into the N Club as a freshman. And I wouldn't be here where I am today. And my athletic experience brought me to be a host of college athletes experience and be able to talk to other collegiate athletes and their experiences and share what our experiences and what advice other athletes might even have. And I know talking about like mental health can be a taboo subject, but it is important and needs to be talked about. So if you need to speak to someone, like I need to speak to someone, you can call 1-800-273-8255 or text HOME to 741741 and speak to a crisis counselor. 
Please also make sure to follow our Instagram at CAE Podcast for updates and insights into our episodes. You can also check out our website, caepodcast.com, and make sure to hit the follow or subscribe button so you can be the first to listen to our next episode. Again, I'm your host, Ashley. Thank you so much for tuning in to College Athletes Experience and hearing about my college athletic experience. 